Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Today, we focus on the songs of the natural world as we celebrate the ways all the little things around us come together in the present to create a big picture of joy. We will take a moment to celebrate particular individuals, callings, or ministries in our church and celebrate the many expressions of God's grace. We continue our Together for Joy sermon series with a message from Pastor Bryce Blank, who shares from Psalm 98 and challenges us to be present for joy. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. So about my second week uh, here at First Church, I preached a sermon and I got to talk and share a little bit about my family taking a trip to Yellowstone. And I want to look back on that trip a little bit today. Um, My family, after my senior year of high school, me and my twin brother, we uh, got to go with family to Yellowstone. And on the way, we stopped at Devil's Tower and we stayed there overnight. We camped. Uh, a couple of miles away from the actual structure. And then the next day we decided we were going to get up and we're going to get on our bikes and we're going to drive uh, or ride our bikes to Devil's Tower. And so that's really when things started going downhill for us. Or rather, I should say uphill. <laughs> because uh, we definitely did not anticipate how far of a bike trek it was going to be or how steep it was going to take us to get to the base of Devil's Tower. And so... We're about three quarters of the way up and we are just completely exhausted. We are well past the point where we thought we were going to be done. And we just decided we needed to take a break. And so we all start to pull out our waters and realize we didn't pack waters. And so we, someone did actually pack one, one thing of water, but it was just like one of those spare things. That, you know, It had a water bottle with some water in it from like who knows how many years ago. And we determined that probably wasn't safe for anybody to be drinking. And so as things go when you know, everything isn't perfect and you've spent more than 24 hours with your family in close proximity than you really want to be spending with them, uh, we started... Uh, having some tempers flare up. People started getting mad. We started arguing and fighting, you know, about, well, who should have brought the water, who thought we thought was bringing the water, and whose idea it was to go on this bike ride to begin with. Um, it, was, it was a mess. It was a mess of, I would say, sadly, normal proportions for my family. Uh, we don't pretend to be perfect. We are not perfect. And we certainly have our ups and downs. This particular experience, this particular day, was definitely a down for us. And so, despite all this, as soon as we got to the top, we finally got to the base of Devil's Tower, all of our fighting and arguing kind of went away because we were awestruck by the beauty of Devil's Tower. And if you've never been there, I encourage you to go. But I'll tell you that it is a giant rock formation, a butte, and it has these giant lines going down the sides all around it. Now, the story goes that uh, 
So there was a giant bear chasing after somebody, and so they climbed to the top, and this bear was clawing at them, trying to get its way up there, and so that's why it looks like giant raking claw marks all around this giant structure. And when I say giant, it's from the base of it to the top is 867 feet tall. So mountain climbers, rock climbers actually use this as one of the you know, hardest things to climb. Um, regardless of how it came to be, my family and I, when we got to it, were just awestruck by its size, its magnitude, and its beauty. We were awestruck by God's creation. And that's at this point where we took what is one of my all-time favorite pictures of my family. Uh, you can see my brothers and I and my parents, we're all smiling, we're all holding each other close. You know, this is kind of one of the first times that my dad tried to take a selfie, and so it was a little bit of an act of Congress that this actually happened, um, <laughs> that we all were in the frame. But nonetheless, uh, this picture stands as a reminder of how grateful, how thankful I am for that experience, that time of joy that I had with my family on our trip to Yellowstone and, to, and our stop at Devil's Tower. And what I don't see when I look at this picture is the chaos and the frustration and the arguing that occurred on that day and the trip. That wasn't captured in the photo. Instead, what was captured was that wonderful moment of happiness and being together. Because the truth is that, you know, pretty much every part about that day was, was chaotic. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong, except for this moment captured here. We were together and we were joyful. And so when I look at this picture, I see it as a sign of, of God's grace, that no matter all the things that were going wrong, that could have gone wrong, and that did go wrong on that trip and that day, that God's joy was still shown. And I can still see that joy when I look at this picture. And I'm sure everyone can think of a difficult time, a chaotic time, a time when things didn't go well for you or things didn't go as planned. Particularly, we can think of recent experiences maybe that have been difficult, both in our individual lives and also our world. Times that were hard to get through, times that things just did not go our way. As we start to have some political races coming up, I'm reminded of back all the way to 2016 and since then that I felt a political divide like none before, that people have been so divisive that we're no longer interested in hearing someone else's perspective. That has brought about difficult times. Here in our own church, we've handled adversity, we've handled struggle when, we, when COVID hit and we all had to figure out how to live and how to go forward. And as a church, we had to figure out how to do church online in a place where we were not gathered together. And since then, we have still faced the impacts of that pandemic as we figure out where is God calling us next? Who are we as a church and how do we move forward? Where is God calling us and leading us next? Those are difficult questions with hard, not very clear answers at times. Maybe when you think of difficulty, you think of the loss of a loved one, or you think of sickness that you've been battling, or a disease, or a diagnosis that has changed the way that you live your life. Maybe you've struggled and wrestled with a relationship with someone close to you, a family member, a friend, and no matter how hard you've tried, you haven't been able to reconcile that relationship. You haven't been able to hit it off like you had hoped. 
Maybe when you think of difficult times, you realize that really nothing in your life has been going well and that your plan A has become a plan B and you're on plan C now and you have no other plans left. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with a financial difficulty in your life. Maybe a job alteration or a job loss has left you feeling like your savings aren't what they have been, that finances have been tight, the rising costs of everything, a life crisis, a life event has hit you in a way that you hadn't anticipated. Maybe you're holding your assets a little closer than you would like because of the uncertainty of what lies ahead in our economy. Maybe thinking about all of this, all that has and could and will go wrong makes you feel uneasy, makes you think back to memories you are trying to forget or parts of your life you're trying not to acknowledge. Maybe all this makes you feel a little bit uneasy, a bit anxious, maybe doubtful of what's to come. And maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by it all. But we have all felt overwhelmed at times. We felt overwhelmed by the difficulties that we've had to face, the loss, the grief, the doubt, the pain, and the anxiety that our world presents us each and every day. But these feelings are not something that is new to humanity. It's not something new to our world. Because we look at the Bible and we see that the people of God have repeatedly faced difficult and harrowing times. The ancient Israelites, they were enslaved in Egypt for many, many years. And when they finally escaped, they still had to spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness, trying to find the way that God was leading them to. When we look at God's people, we, we see that eventually they were able to establish something, but then they were exiled in Babylon, and they had to again endure hardships. They had to live and figure out how to live with customs and beliefs and practices of life that were not their own. And we look even further, we see that God's people had to deal with the struggle, that the center of their world, the, the temple in Jerusalem, had been destroyed by the Romans. Imagine the heartbreak of those people. Imagine the disorientation that they had felt and experienced over the years. Imagine the grief and the doubt in their leaders and the way that they continued to live their lives. Imagine the suffering and the loneliness that they must have had time and time again. That any attempt the Israelites had to rewrite their history to make it right failed. And then instead of being a people who had found peace and prosperity, they instead had faced dysfunction and destruction time and time again, over and over. The Israelites were a people heartbroken, a people filled with grief and doubt from all the suffering they had endured. However, despite the heartbreak, despite the grief, the doubt, the suffering the people of Israel endured, they still found ways to be joyful together. Our text today comes from Psalm 98, verses 4 through 6. And here's what it says. Shout triumphantly to the Lord. All the earth, be happy. Rejoice, our Lord. Sing your praises. Sing your praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of music, with trumpets and a horn blast. Shout triumphantly before the Lord, the King, what we read in today's scripture helps us to see how to respond to the work of God. We read about how to respond to the hard times and to the chaos 
that make life so difficult. We read that the people of Israel praised God. They prayed to God and they offered thanks for everything that God had done for them. The people of Israel had found joy. And like the picture of my family during our moments together, our moments of joy at Devil's Tower, Psalm 98 is a picture of joy for the people of Israel. It reflects a time when they were together, and despite what they had mournfully experienced, they shouted out praise to God. Psalm 98 is their joyful prayer to God because for Israelites, prayer was the concept that regardless of what the topic was, regardless of what the tone was that they were praying about, it was a praise to God. And so in all things, they praised God through their prayers. And Psalm 98 specifically is a call to praise God as the righteous king. For the people of Israel, they are claiming that their God, our God, is the one true God, a God that is right and true and good and pure and just and worthy of all of our praise. That despite the promotion of other gods around him, that Yahweh, the Hebrew God, our God is the one true God. That's what they are claiming. And it is that this God, it is in this God that they find joy in the hard times. It is in this God that we find joy in the hard times. When we read, rejoice out loud, sing your praises, it literally translates in Hebrew to burst forth and sing aloud. Imagine bursting with joy, so much that you can't help but sing, so much that you can't hold it in any longer. You can no longer remain silent and you just have to let it out, that much joy. They shout, Shout triumphantly before the Lord, the King. And this reminds us of a prophecy, one that we have read before in Zechariah, referring to a Savior riding on a donkey with people singing out to joy. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Sing aloud, daughter Jerusalem. Look, your King will come to you. He is righteous and victorious. He is humble and riding on an ass, on a colt, the offspring of a donkey. And that is the same prophecy that came true when Jesus rode in Jerusalem on a donkey with the people of Israel gathered together on the streets, shouting and cheering for joy. They shared a joy as Jesus was welcomed into their city. And it's a joy that was also shared later on in the upper room, after the death of Jesus on the cross. In the mourning and the loss, the disciples gathered together and they realized that Jesus was there with them. Like the prayer of the Israelites, they found praise, regardless of their reason for gathering. They knew that God's goodness was always in the world, no matter how dark it seemed. Through Jesus, we know that God's goodness is always with us in the world. And that gives us a reason for joy. Like the Israelites, we can shout together because of God. We can shout together for joy because of God's goodness in the world through Jesus. So whatever your personal struggles are, know that God's goodness is in the world. That our King who came on a donkey 
gave us a reason to shout for joy in all circumstances. So shout for joy for the present ways that God brings people together despite the political divides. Shout for joy for the present ways that God is continually making something new here at First Church as we explore where God is calling us next in the world. Shout for joy for the present ways that God is healing as we deal with the loss of loved ones, with sickness, with disease, and uncomfortable diagnoses. Shout for joy for the present ways that God multiplies the fruits of our financial giving and furthers the mission of the church and its people. Shout for joy for the present ways that God gives us peace when we feel overwhelmed by the heartbreak, by the grief, the doubt, the pain, the anxiety of when things turn chaotic in our world. We shout for joy for the present ways that God brings us together as we look to the Israelites. That despite the topic or the tone of our gathering, we come to see Jesus, the joy of Jesus, together in community. We shout for joy when we recognize all the wonderful ministries of our church. The music ministry that brings joyful sounds as we lift up our praise. The children's and youth ministries that cultivate, grow, and further the world in relationship with God. The worship ministry that gathers us here together in word, in prayer, to sing and share in the sacraments, to give of ourselves, our gifts, our talents, and our resources, especially today, especially when our, as we look to our finances to pledge support for our furthering mission. We shout for joy for the fellowship ministry that nurtures all members and endures and ensures that everyone here feels welcomed, cared, and loved for. And for the community service ministries that meet both the spiritual and the physical needs of those outside of our walls in our community. We shout for joy as we recognize the wonderful history that this church has in bringing up leaders who in turn go and minister to all the world, whether that is in lay or clergy ministries. And all these we named, we shout for joy for the way that God has and will continue to guide us in the ministries of this church. Here at First Church, we are present for joy. We are present for joy because of what God has and will continue to do in the church and in our individual lives. We are present for joy because of the ways that God continues to work in ways we can't even imagine. Life will not always go the way we intend it. It will get pretty chaotic at times. We'll have struggles. We'll have difficulties we have to face and go through. But like the picture of my family that shows of a time when we experienced the joy of God, when we gather together as a body of Christ, we are a picture of joy for others to see. When all the little things that are chaotic around us are set aside and we come together, the grace of God does what we can't. And when we give this to the body, the joy of God, the joy of Jesus gives us a Snapchat a snapshot of a better world together. And this is our picture. This is our snapshot of joy here at the church today. This is our truth today. Let us pray. Wonderful, powerful, and awesome God. We thank you for the many ways that you are present with us. That as we face life's difficulties, the challenges that come both in our individual lives and as a community, 
that you see us through. And that when we are gathered together, we are joyful. And we find reasons to be joyful for the ways that you are working in our lives and have never forgotten us, never abandoned us. God, we are so thankful for the ways that the joy of Jesus has been shared to us. And we ask that as we go about our weeks, as we go forward in the world, that our church, our community, what we are doing here in your name would be a snapshot of joy for all the world to see. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information, like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.